All right, everybody, welcome back to the showcase. I'm your host, Paris Jackson. On today's episode, we conclude our preseason preview with the Atlantic and Southwest divisions. Going to be a real good one for you, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the showcase. So not much has happened since the last time we all got together, and it's really been, at this point, a few preseason games, and that while that is exciting, you know, it's every year preseason, you know, we can get excited about, you know, some rotation guys, some other guys earning some last-minute spots, you know, on the bench and second and third units, Um, but ultimately, we can't pay too much attention to the preseason because Much like any sport, it is not indicative of the season to come. That being said, it is exciting watching, you know, some of the younger stars and and how they are going to fit in and and play at full speed um, a little bit differently than Summer League was. But at the same time, I mean, you know, we are chomping at the bits. We are 10 days away from NBA tip-off. So by the end of next week, it will have almost been you know, at the point of, of a full off season before, you know, we tip off with that great, great launch of Golden State versus LA Lakers to kick off the season. So that's, I'm super excited for that. So we want to wrap up here with the Atlantic and Southwest divisions. Just as a reminder for everybody, the Atlantic is the Celtics, Nets, Knicks, 76ers, and Raptors. And then we have the Southwest division, which is the Mavericks, Rockets, Grizzlies, Pelicans, and Spurs to round that one off. I mean, both divisions are fairly, fairly evenly matched throughout the whole thing, which is always nice to see. But let's start off with the Southwest, just because I think they have a little bit more parity. And honestly, I've talked enough about the Sixers and Nets for now. So we'll we'll, we'll go through them quickly at the end here. As always, we're going to start at who I think is going to be at the bottom and work the way to the top and at the bottom of this division, and I think everybody can agree, is going to be the Houston Rockets. And the reason for that, I mean, yes, they do have John Wall, but you can tell he's kind of on his way out having had requested a trade. And, you know, other than that, I mean, they got some good pieces and, you know, Christian Wood and, you know, um, Eric Gordon and, and, and some other pieces. Kevin Porter Jr. is, I think, a young, nice talent. Jay Sean Tate has kind of like a breakout rookie season. But honestly, you know, this is one of the teams where you can imagine these players are ultimately just building up their worth in the league to eventually move on to either a contender or somebody that might need a more veteran experience like Eric Gordon or Daniel Tice or, you know, bring in Christian Wood is kind of like the last piece that they're missing, you know. Um, Ultimately, this team is constructed very similarly to the Orlando Magic in that, you know, they got some young talent at the guard position that that they're ultimately trying to develop. Um, A big or two where have shown flashes where they can be great, but ultimately, you know, have either succumbed to injury or, or not necessarily broken out the way that, you know, pundits have expected them to in a certain light. So with that being said, um, I really don't expect this team to go to go very far. I mean, going through the October, November, December schedule, I have them 9-20 and 20 
and then leading up to a January and February where they go 9 and 15 and then ultimately finishing 3 and 19. So, I mean, that is a whopping 21 and 61 team in the Western Conference. Now, I do take that with a little bit of a grain of salt. They don't have the toughest schedule out of everybody in the West. Um, that's hard to say that being, you know, one of the most poorly constructed teams, but nevertheless, they still have an opportunity to have some breakout games, you know, from Kevin Porter Jr. and Jay Sean Tate and Christian Wood and see how those young pieces work and ultimately might might catch a team that's slipping just from, you know, the 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 youth and energy that they have on the team and then ultimately, you know, some veteran leadership from Eric Gordon and Daniel Tice might lead them to steal a few games on, on some teams that might just be looking past them um, as opposed to playing them correctly. So, you know, Houston, they're in a rebuild period for sure. I've, I've talked to them ad nauseum and about their free agency moves and how they're building for the future. So, you know, I don't want to go too deep into them. Um, and then you have, you know, moving on from them, the San Antonio Spurs. San Antonio Spurs, same situation, right? It's kind of like a a – bonfire sale over in San Antonio with, you know, having moved Marta Rosen, you could tell that they're really, really looking to the future. Um, you know, bringing in Zach Collins, who is a bit of a project, but can be, you know, promising if he's able to stay on the court. Um, their draft pick, you know, primo, you can tell he's going to be a little bit of a project himself, having brought him in so young, Joshua Primo, of course, DeJounte Murray, Keldon Johnson, hopefully they, they take major leaps and continue to progress in their development. But ultimately, you know, it's going to be tough for the Spurs team to keep up with the rest of the Western Conference with the talent that's been assembled. Um, and ultimately, you know, they're also entering a rebuild period. And so for them, I mean, I have them 6-29 and 29 through December seven and 21 through February and seven and 13 for uh, the remainder of the season. So they're 20 and 62. So I, w I would be very surprised if these two teams don't round out the bottom, like 14th, 15th seed um, and are ultimately just playing for high lottery odds come end of the season. I think these two teams are out. I've already talked about how the thunder are out as well. Um, so those three teams are making up not only the bottom of their respective divisions, but bottom of the conference um, and, and, and look to be doing so for a while. Um, you know, I, I also have to make note that the coaching situation, at least in, in, you know, in both situations, actually, now that I think about it, Greg Popovich, Clearly, you know, how much time does he have left? You, I'd love to see Becky Hammond step into that role, but then you have a new coach situation in Houston. You know, the, the coaching and GM situation was changed last year um, rather abruptly with the James Harden exit and, and, and what they were able to do throughout the remainder of the year was impressive. But ultimately, this is their first real year with new leadership as well. So both these teams um, – assuming Popovich is, is out either this year or, or very shortly after, are in a period where they're looking to the next era of greatness and have to kind of muddle through some of these bad years before they get there. 
um, is in a similar situation, though a little bit more advanced, I would say, is the New Orleans Pelicans um, with they with what they continue to do with, you know, all the trade moves that they made. I had given them an F um, in the offseason as far as what they were able to, to do, moving Steven Adams and and Bledsoe and, uh, and you know, uh, Lonzo and lots of O's and all that stuff. But, you know, the, the talent that went out versus the talent that came in, I think, you know, they brought in Devontae Graham, but they had to give away $47 million and a couple draft picks. Lonzo Ball, I think, would have been a, a better point guard and, and potentially, you know, around the same price point, if not maybe just a little bit more expensive. Um, you know, having... Zion, Zion is the biggest question mark, I think, in the NBA as far as, you know, a health procedure. And I've been saying this for his entire career. I mean, his first season, he was out most of the season due with injuries. Second season, you know, was able to play more, but ultimately plagued by injuries again, as well as bad coaching. And this is where the similarities with the Rockets come in. The Rockets have the exact same you know, scenario as the Pelicans and maybe the Spurs will very soon. And then they have a new coach. They have a new coach and a lot of pieces, new pieces that need to be fit in with bringing in Jonas Valanciunas and Garrett Temple and Thomas Sadoransky, Devontae Green, you know, Willie Aaron Gomez. Like they brought in a lot of new pieces to put around this core of, you know, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, those are really like your only returning players other than like Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who wasn't getting huge minutes, Kira Lewis, who wasn't, you know, producing very much either. You know, this Pelicans team, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough for them as well, unless, you know, Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson just find a way to, you know, coalesce in a way that we have yet to see share the ball and, and really feed off each other to, to lead the offense and then pull together on the defensive end as well. You got a tall task for the Pelicans. You know, they're going to need help. They're going to need Josh Hart to step up in a big way. They're going to be Jonas Valanciunas to step up in a big way. Um, I'm not very high on this Pelicans team. And even still, you know, I think they have enough just raw talent to steal them a few more games than the Rockets and the Spurs. So I got them 11 and 25 through December, 11 and 14 through February, and then finishing off the year. 10 and 11 so i mean that's still 32 wins um and 50 losses for them which is fairly good um i wouldn't say it's fairly good but i mean it's close to 500 i mean it's close to as close to 500 as you can be for you know a team that's third worst in the division and, and potentially fourth fourth worst in the in the western conference um i think there's some teams in the east obviously that, that are going to be worse than them uh just given the the talent of their two superstars, but I think they got a tough season in front of them, unfortunately, Pelicans fans. And, and that's the the plague of new coaching. All three of these teams are, are facing the plague of change, right? And, and change can be good, but change can also take a while to coalesce. So, you know, hats off to you Pelicans, Spurs, and Rockets fans. Uh, Spurs and Rockets fans, at least you guys had – you know, some greatness to cling on to with, you know, the deep, deep playoff runs for the Rockets for the last few years other than yeah, last year. And then the Spurs, obviously, you know, all the championships with, you know, Manu and, and 
Duncan and, and Parker and Kawhi and all that stuff. You guys got you guys got plenty of plenty of love throughout, you know, from 1999 to 2015. Like y'all are straight. Um, moving on here, I mean, the top two teams in this Southwestern division are are two of the young and up and coming teams. Um, the Grizzlies, I've, I've talked about almost ad nauseum as well because I just really like Ja Morant. I just thought he was, you know, supposed to be second fiddle coming into the league to, you know, Zion Williamson's first fiddle. Everybody says second fiddle. Nobody ever under, like, what is the first fiddle? Does anybody get referred to as first fiddle? No, I don't think so, right? But whatever. So John Morant was supposed to be the second fiddle, and he comes in, and he's like freaking the second coming of what Russell Westbrook but can shoot better and, and is a little bit, you know, less stat-oriented or, oriented and more win-oriented. Um, you know, some of the moves that, that the Grizzlies made throughout the course of the offseason was a little bit of a head-scratcher. Like, they let Grayson Allen go. They brought in Steven Anderson, brought in Jarrett Culver and Chris Dunn. And, and you know, I, I can't say that this team necessarily got – extremely worse but i don't think this team got any better um and last year you know they were a fringe team had to play the play in um had a relatively uninjury prone season i feel like their players didn't miss any games um or didn't miss a ton of games right maybe at the end they had a couple injuries but overall they really didn't have a lot of, of their key players missing games um, they finished 38 and 34 and that was enough to kind of get them into the, the, um, the play in. Um, but all their, all their main players, John Morant, 63 games, Dylan Brooks, 67 games, Valanchunas, 62, Kyle Anderson, 69, right? Like, you know, Grayson Allen missed like 20 games. But other than that, their team was largely available, you know, Tyus Jones, 70 out of 72 games. Um, and ultimately they just you know, they were good, but not great. Lost a lot of close ones, were competitive, probably covered the spread a whole ton. And like if I, you know, had done the research on that, but, um, you know, they, I just don't think they got better. I just don't, I really, really don't. I don't think they added anything, um, to significantly approve. Like when they brought Steven Adams in for Jonas Valanciunas, I think, you know, maybe they added something on the defensive end and, and from like a veteran perspective, but, Whatever they added, they lost in losing the youth, full energy, and then also losing, you know, shooting. I don't think Steven Adams is as good as a shooter from Jonas Valanciunas. I mean, at least you have to respect him from the three, um, and Steven Adams, not so much. You know, Steven Adams is 28. Everybody, well, you know, always commented on Valanciunas is right there behind him, I believe at like 26 or 25, but still, like, so you don't lose that much in youth but you do lose the shooting for sure you lose the shooting um nevertheless 19 and 18 through december 14 and 12 through february and 11 and 8 through the end of the year so 44 wins just over 500 you know i have them finishing second in their division um so with that being said they're in a good position, and, and I'd like love to see John Morant take his career to the next level, but it'll largely de be dependent upon the players around him. And, you know, we would have loved to see them add just a few more, I mean, different pieces, so that they're not in a situation. With that being said, I mean, they're 
44 and 38, I think, to finish the season ahead of, you know, at least seven or eight teams. Like, they might finish with the nine seed, you know, play-in game for sure, maybe two play-in games for sure to get into the playoffs. But that's where they were at last year, and they were able to do it, you know, with big wins over the Spurs and then ultimately over the Warriors in a close one. Not even close, but um, I expect much of the same, I think, this year from the Grizzlies, and, and hopefully John Morant is able to, you know, expand his game to the next level. <clears throat> the last team in the division tends to be a favorite for a lot of pundits and things like that because of one, Luka Doncic. Um, you know, I, I saw Luka play in, in that series, that playoff series against the Clippers, and just to reiterate, those were some of the best seats I've ever had in my life to watch a basketball game. So I was able to be what felt like up close and personal. And watching Luca, I understand why a lot of the people in the the media and the sports world just love him. I mean, he moves slow, like he's like just methodically thinking about his next move. He's not super flashy. And when he goes up, you just expect him to make it. You know, you just do like that's that's what you expect when Luke Doncic has the ball. Like you just expect him to make these moves. And it's like, why not? You know, um, that being said, the team that is placed around Luka Doncic um, as currently constructed, it's just, you know, it's not very good. Christoph Porzingis, man, like I think they sold the farm to bring him in you know, and ended up playing like Willie Cauley-Stein more often. Boban Marjanovic, he's had showings of, you know, flashes of being good, and he's just like this tall Frankenstein-looking fuck that just stands next to the rim and can, you know, obviously put it in. Um, but he's just slow and, and, and clumsy and, and, and ultimately, you know, will get thrashed by the likes of, you know, like an Anthony Davis or Giannis. Um, Reggie Bullock bringing him in, just, like everybody, every signing that they made, just puts me to think that man, like this team isn't gonna be very good, right? Like it's gonna be a lot of Luka Doncic hero ball. It's gonna be him feeding people like these dime passes, and hopefully they can make be cutting. Like they also are in a situation where they have a new coach in Jason Kidd, right? Like. It's like the whole division have a have a new coach right now. So, you know, bet on the Grizzlies to win because they're the only freaking ones in this division without a new coaching situation. Um, that's a joke, but nevertheless, you know, there's something to be said about continuity. Um, but, yeah, new coach, right? The players, as constructed, aren't really that great. I think they'll get out of the gates, like, a little bit slow. Um, hopefully, you know, Luka's a little bit more locked in than he was at the beginning of the season. But even still, you know, I, I got a lot of faith in Luca <clears throat> as well, just because I think, you know, after watching him, it, it'd be foolish not to. But 22 and 13 through December, 16 and 10 through February, and 12 and 9 through, you know, March and April to finish, you know, 50 and 32. Um, 50 win team, you know, it's nothing, it's nothing to sneeze at. That could be a tad higher than you know, they probably do end up finishing. I think maybe a few of the games, I ended up giving them the benefit of the doubt um, more than I, I would have liked to. But at the end of the day, you know, let's, let's, let's see it if they can do it, you know? So when it comes to the division odds for this division, right, you, the Mavericks are the clear favorite at minus 275. 
I don't see a ton of value there, honestly. Um, you, then you got the Grizzlies at plus 425, Pelicans at plus 450, Spurs at plus 5,000, and Rockets at plus 12,000. Pelicans, Spurs, Rockets, you guys can write them off right away. That Grizzlies at plus 425, I mean, if you want to take a flyer on that team, go for it. I think if you compare the two superstars, you're comparing John Morant and Luka Doncic, there's a slight edge to Luka just because I think he's able to shoot the three a little bit. He's not as dependent upon the slash um, as Jaw Morant is. Jaw is a little bit you know, more slash and assist and, and kick out and, and hope that his teammates can hit the big shot he's not you know he does create his own shot of course but it's not usually from the three um but at plus 425 man like that that looks tasty um especially because you know the mavericks you know like i said they might get slow out of the gate like i have them finishing higher than the grizzlies but plus 425 that's a little that's a little juicy we might come back to that one um speaking of coming back let's take a quick break and we'll come back and do the atlantic division promise to make this a little bit quickly as i mentioned at the top you know i talked a bunch about the 76ers and, and ben simmons and just to remind everybody at home the atlantic division is the celtics nets knicks sixers and raptors and you know the first four teams i mentioned just get a lot of talk the you know three of which deservingly so there's some of the better teams in the league the knicks you know they're just from new york so they're gonna get a lot of talk um but, and, you know, I've talked a bit about the Raptors and what they did in free agency, so I'll try to make this kind of quicker. Um, ultimately, you know, I think it's as long as, you know, Kyrie comes and plays, the Nets are the far and away favorite. As long as the Sixers have this, you know, drama going on with Ben Simmons for however long that's going to be a distraction and, and, and ultimately whatever the resolution is, is yet to be seen. Celtics... Another team where, you know, I don't think they made the offseason moves where they had to and ultimately will be in a position where they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot and still figuring this out. Actually, it was just announced today that Jalen Brown has contracted the coronavirus, so he might be out during opening week. And now the numbers that I came up with for the season for the entire division is obviously in inclusive of Jalen Brown playing, is inclusive of Kyrie Irving playing, is inclusive of even Ben Simmons playing. Um, but this division, man, has, has been the talk of the town, uh, and it, maybe because it's big markets and, and has you know a little bit of, of the public eye on them a little bit more, or maybe it's just because they are just happen to be in the same division and are the ones having the most, most drama. Um, you know, from a, a divisional standpoint, the Nets are, are the clear flight favorites at minus 225 to win. Sixers at plus 350. Celtics at plus 750. Knicks plus 1400. And Raptors at plus 3300. If I give my advice, my advice would be to stay away from betting on this division. The Nets, there's too much juice on it to bet on that. Plus, who knows? So even if you do bet with the juice, you might end up losing. Sixers, too much drama. Celtics, they just don't have enough pieces to compete with the other teams. The Knicks at plus 1,400 might be like a long, long, long shot. I mean, you throw five bucks on that to win, you know, almost 80, right? If you And that might cover the rest of these futures bets if, if every single one of them goes the other way. Uh, but even still, I don't think that'll happen, you know, even with Tibbs coming into his second year of coaching. Um, but overall, man, I, I, 
it's hard to pick a winner from the division. So, you know, we'll just go over the records that we came up with really fast. I think at the bottom, you have the Raptors, who are going to be 15 and 20 through December, 16 and 10 through February, and 14 and 7 through the end of the season in April, um, which is still a fairly good record. I mean, I believe in the coaching of one Nick Nurse, and because I do, you know, I think that he'll be able to elevate Fran Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam and, and some of the other pieces that they have to allow them to finish with 45 wins. I mean, last year, they didn't even play a single game in Toronto, and this year, they're going to have fans in the stands that are going absolutely nuts. Um, they also have laws intact where players that are visiting that break these COVID protocols are going to be faced with criminal charges and, and maybe somebody will get arrested when they're in Toronto. No, I'm just joking. But um, nevertheless, they're going to be, you know, a 45 win team over 500 for sure. <clears throat> Same as the 76ers, right? Even if, and you know, these few preseason games, we've gotten to see what they would have been Simmons list Sixers looks like. And they're dominating, at least in the preseason. Um, again, not that it, it matters much, but you know, it could be an indicator of, of things to come if they continue rolling. Um, I have the 76ers going 45 and 37 through the end of the season. So let's see where they go. Um, going backwards just for a second at the very bottom, the Knicks, I don't think they continue the success that they had last year. Uh, you know, Julius Randle, I think, had an off year. I think teams are going to be adjusted for that. They're going to see how the Hawks were able to dismantle them and, and ultimately bring more offense than the defense that could could substantiate um so i have the knicks finishing 36 and 46 for the season and um you know going 17 and 19 through december a little bit of a tougher stretch through february 11 and 14 and then ending the year on an 8 and 14 run um tough schedule tough schedule i don't know if maybe people like making the schedule thought that knicks were going to be you know really really good but it's going to be a tough year year for them for sure um Next up with the Celtics, you know, I think they do end up getting it together. You know, Dennis Schroeder is able to alleviate, you know, some of the pain that was present when Kemba Walker was off the floor last year. If those of you that can remember last year when Kemba Walker was playing, the Celtics were far and away much better team. And Dennis Schroeder, I think, can bring a lot to the table that Kemba Walker did. And ultimately, even if he doesn't bring 100% of what he brought, he'll bring the availability that wasn't there with Kemba Walker. And so the Celtics will finish 48 and 34. Um, rounding out the top here, we have the Nets. You know, I think the Nets are going to be one of the two or three best teams in the league, assuming everybody plays. Like I mentioned, you know, last week with the whole vaccination thing with Kyrie. Um, so I think they go 55 and 27, man. Even if they don't, having that, you know, backcourt of Patty Mills and James Harden, basically Patty Mills just feeding James Harden Iso Ball and then ultimately Kevin Durant trying to prove that one you know once and for all that he is the best player in the league. Um and playing with a little chip on their shoulder, right? Like you have to remember the Nets were a pinky toe away from potentially winning the title if they were able to duplicate exactly what the Bucks were. They were a pinky toe of a game seven away from, you know, advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals and, and it would assume that they would take care of the Hawks and you know, maybe who says that they don't take care of the Suns and win it all. So, you know, this year they got something to prove. You know, last year they were <clears throat> plagued by health a little bit. 
and you know we'll see how the season goes after that um so going with the over unders for this division uh for the raptors let me just pull it up real quick they are 36 and a half uh for that i you know i think i would take the over like i mentioned i think they're going to be a 45 win team here so you know i would take that on the over um sorry i'm just making uh for the knicks their over under is 42 and a half i think that's a clear under given their schedule uh 42 and a half there the Nets are a 56 and a half team. I think that's a little high. You know, I don't think they finish as a 57, 58, 59, 60 win team. Um, so I would bet the under, but, you know, I could see him somewhere in that range. I do have him at, you know, 54. Um, so it's not too far off. Celtics at 46 and a half. Same deal. I have them at 48. It's a little bit too close for comfort. So I don't think I'm going to go ahead and bet that one. 76ers are still at 51 and a half. Vegas still thinks this team's got a lot of juice in the tank. I think they go under that um, significantly, especially with this Ben Ben Simmons drama. The under is minus 130, so you're paying a little bit of juice on there. Um, but it's probably more likely because the total is so high at 51 and a half. Uh, going to back to <clears throat> the Southwest Division really quickly. The Mavs over under is at 48 and a half. I think that's, you know, right about where I have them with 50 wins. The Rockets, 26 and a half. Technically, I had them under go that. That being said, they are still a team in the West and, you know, have some good young talent. I That's that's a stay away for me. Um, the Grizzlies are at 41 and a half. I think, again, I had them at 44, so I'm, I'm right there. Might take the over on that one. I think the team finishes over 500. I'd be very, very shocked if they don't finish over 500. Um, so we'll go ahead and add that one here. Um, Pelicans, 39 and a half. Eh, that's right, right too close for comfort to me for, for where I have them. I think I'm staying away from that one. And ultimately, the last one, Spurs here, 29 and a half. Um, that one I would go ahead and take the under if if you know if you're looking and you don't like any of the rest of these bets, um, I'd go ahead and take the under on the Spurs because I think 29 and a half sounds like a lot. They probably end up finishing with like 25, 26 wins, um, just given the state of where they are and 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 the direction that they're moving. So, just to recap, you know all the bets that we've given out so far. We have the division winners of the Dubs at plus 300, the Hawks at plus 130, and the Grizzlies at plus 425. You know, take those three division winners for the Pacific Division, the Southeast Division, and the Southwest Division. Um, so we got those three division winners. Bunch of over unders. We got the Knicks under 39 and a half. We have the Raptors over 36 and a half. We have the Cavs over 26 and a half. The Pistons over 25 and a half. 
the Bucks over 54 and a half, the Wizards over 33 and a half, Jazz over 52, which would be nice if we get a push, Suns over 51 and a half, Kings under 36 and a half to go ahead and make a total of I think we got about 10 bets here because we added three to our eight from last week. So we got 11, including the division winners. Uh, 11 picks for you guys. 11 picks. We'll see how they go at the end of the season. But we got 11 futures out of this thing. So, you know, pick all of them if you want. Throw five bucks on each. Pick, you know, half of them if you want. Throw 10. You know, it's kind of up to you. So once and for all, at the conclusion of this you know, preseason preview going through the Eastern Conference, bottom to top. I have the 15th seed, Magic, 14th seed, Pistons, 13th, Cavs, 12th, Knicks, 11th, Wizards, 10th, Hornets, 9th, Bulls, 8th, Pacers, 7th, Raptors, 6th, Sixers, 5th, Hawks, 4th, Celtics, 3rd, Heat, 2nd, Nets, and winning the Eastern Conference, at least regular season record-wise, we have the Milwaukee Bucks. Moving over to the West, we have the Spurs at the very bottom, at the 15th seed, Rockets at the 14th, Thunder at the 13th, Timberwolves at the 12th, Pelicans at the 11th, Kings at the 10th, Clippers at the 9th, Grizzlies at the 8th, Blazers at the 7th, Mavericks at the 6th, Warriors at the 5th, Nuggets at the fourth, Lakers third seed, Suns second seed, and winning the Western Conference, at least regular season record, we have the Jazz. So, you know, there you have it. That's where everybody's finishing. It's set in stone because I said so. I'm just joking. Uh, but anyway, 11 futures picks for you, and, and we have made it through all six divisions. Next week, I'll be coming back and give you a little bit of, like, the 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 awards and and you know a little bit of preview for the first week of the season um and we're, we're super excited for it we're super excited so thanks for sticking with me through these three different parts if we talked about your favorite team and you liked it don't forget to go online and share at pj showcase on twitter on instagram make sure you like review subscribe all that good stuff and until next week we are counting the sleeps until tip off so until then stay safe wear your seatbelt, tip your waitress all that good stuff and hope and we'll talk to you then bye bye